Welcome to the Drive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.drivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. What we're going to do today is we're going to get into some amazing scripture passages. Are you guys ready? Awesome. So when you find your way to Luke chapter 5... Journey your way to verse 17, if you would. So that's Luke chapter 5, verse 17. I want to tell you a story about myself, and I'm a really transparent guy, so you guys uh, get ready. Uh, This is pretty transparent, so go on this journey with me. Now, this story is about me before I came to Christ, okay? This is me before Uh, I became a Christian. This is a story about me when I was as far away from God as a person can be. I was living in Las Vegas, Nevada. I was living a party lifestyle. Remember uh, that this is before I came to Christ. Uh, Yeah, keep that in mind. (laughs) Remember that. This is way before I came to Christ. I'm living in Las Vegas. I'm living a uh, a party lifestyle. That's what my life uh, was built around. You know, I followed the ways of the world. The ways of the world. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. The ways of the world is, hey, you have lots of money. You have lots of cars, lots of fast cars, and you have lots of women. And that's how I live my life. Uh, I became addicted, severely addicted to drugs. Uh, Alcohol, uh, sexual addiction, gambling addiction. Uh, I just was addicted to almost everything that a person could be addicted to. And I went from a point of having more money than I'll probably ever see in my life, more material possessions than I'll probably ever see again, to having absolutely nothing. I lost it all through a terrible drug addiction. And what I did, I did something, uh, I got saved. I gave my life to Christ. I surrendered my Christ, uh, life to Christ. So let me tell you something, it was radical, man. It was a radical, miraculous uh, salvation. God spared my life. And this is what he did in my life. He put my heart to immediately leave that city of Las Vegas. And I did something for the very first time I've never done in my life until this point. I picked up my phone. I called my friend. Look, when I got saved, I started telling everyone that God is real. I got saved. And I just started telling everyone about the goodness of God. Uh, I didn't know any more than I just got saved. God is real. I should have been dead. He saved my life. And you're going to hear everything about my story. I'm going to tell you about God. I picked up the phone. I called my friend. And I said, man, listen to this. I just gave my life to Christ. God. God is real. I just suffered my third drug overdose. I should have been dead. God kept me alive. And let me tell you, he's telling me that I need to get out of the city of Las Vegas. I need your help. I need your help. I told my friend, I do not even have enough money to get a plane flight back to Virginia. My friend immediately purchased a plane ticket for me. I flew into Norfolk International Airport. There were no flights, direct flights into uh, uh, Richmond. Flew into Norfolk International Airport. And I had two other friends pick me up from Norfolk International Airport, brought me to another friend's house here in Richmond City. And my friend, this friend gave me a place to stay. He gave me food to eat. He cared for me when I could not even care 
for myself. And I'm talking about a time that my parents, my own family members, they would not care for me. You know why? Because I had burned all those bridges because of my lifestyle. They had to cut me off at some point. It's called tough love. Can I get an amen? Okay? Sometimes we have to do that. So I had these four friends, and you know what they did? They rallied around me to meet my needs. They rallied around me in my greatest time of need. They served me. And you know what? I know this with all my heart. I know that God used these four friends. If it weren't for those four friends, I would not be here today. Do you know what I'm saying? So some of you today have had seasons where you've had friends and you've had family rally around you. And as I say this, your memories are kicking in right now. They rallied around you in your time of need, in your time of a traumatic event. Others of you, you wish, can I be honest? You wish that there were people there for you. Someone to call you, someone to be loved by, someone to care for you, to provide for you and all your needs. Now, some of you in here, you're introverts, kind of like me. And you think, look, you think you don't need anyone to be involved in your life. Can I just be for real with you? You're absolutely wrong. Okay? You think you can do it on your own. And I've come here just to share with you, you can't. And it's okay to know that you can't. Others of you, you have so many friends that you just can't keep count. But you don't have anyone close to you that you can be completely real with, that you can be completely vulnerable with, where they can care for you. Listen to this. Watch this. No matter what you do, no matter what you say. And I'm here to tell you a simple message. This is a simple uh, message, but I'm telling you it's profound. And if you're ready and you're wanting it to change your life, it will change your life. It will transform your life. This is what we need to leave here knowing today that we all need each other. Look around. We all need each other right here in this room. Now we're going to take a look at some amazing scripture passages here in Luke chapter 5. Let me give you a little history, a little backdrop uh, on, on Luke chapter 5 here before we delve in these incredible scriptures. The author is Luke. Now Luke, he's a physician. Luke is a doctor. So Luke gives an orderly account Luke, let me just put it like this. Luke was all about the details, okay? For all you C personality types out there and all you detailed people out there, guess what? You guys love the book of Luke. You love it. I'm not as detailed as you may be. I like a shorter, faster gospel, uh, like the gospel of Mark. That's what I like. I don't know. I don't know why I favor that gospel. Okay, that's just me. All right. The theme of Luke is, it's the gospel. It's about the life and it's about the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the context. Y'all ready to go for a ride here in Luke chapter 5? All right. 
here's the context. At the beginning of Luke chapter 5, Jesus calls his first disciples. Jesus is going from town to town. Jesus heals a man with leprosy. Jesus, now listen to this. I love this part. This is so me right here. Jesus tells this man not to tell anyone that he healed him of leprosy. Only to go and tell the priest to confirm that he had been healed. What does this guy do? He, 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 he does exactly what I would do. He tells what anyone that would be healed from the skin rotting disease would do. He goes and tells everyone that Jesus heals him. He tells everyone in his path that he is healed by Jesus. And if that's something you would do and you're with me, say amen. amen. You, you got that right. You'd be telling everyone in your path. Then we come to a passage that we will read today. We find, this is what's going on in this, uh, these scripture passages. We find Jesus, he's teaching in a house. Now this house is packed full with people. People were having to stand outside to listen. People, this is what's going on. I want you to picture this. In this house, people are crammed, packed like sardines. People are standing shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow. And can I, can I just be real for a second? You know there was one person in that house that forgot to put deodorant on that day? And you know that place was stinking to high heaven. There's always that one person. Here's what I love about these scriptures. People were willing, listen to this, they were willing to be uncomfortable so they could listen to Jesus. Did you hear that? They were willing to be uncomfortable to listen to Jesus. And this is my train of thought. If you and I are uncomfortable, so uncomfortable that we're willing to listen to Jesus right here, right now, no matter what's going on in your mind, no matter the challenges in your life, no matter what life is bringing to you, if you're uncomfortable to listen to what Jesus has to say to you this morning, your life will be truly transformed. You will live a life of fulfillment that Jesus has created for you. And you know what? To me, that is some good preaching right there. Okay? That's what you came here for this morning. So we're going to read, let's delve into these amazing scriptures. We're going to start in Luke chapter 5, verse 17 through 19. Now, you could read along in your copy of God's Word, your message notes, or on the screen. Verse 17, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. People were coming from all over. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Let me tell you, the Lord's healing power is always with Jesus. It's just that at this moment, Jesus chose to display it. Come on now. Some men were carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus. And listen to this. This is awesome. But they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So this is what they do. Listen to this. So they went up to the roof and they took off some tiles and they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Did you hear that? 
His friends climbed the house, took him up to the roof. They took off tiles. They took the roof apart and they lowered their friend in need right at the feet of Jesus. I don't know about you, but that just gets me really, really excited. Father, I just come to you in the sweet and precious name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you open our hearts to hear this message this morning. I pray that you open up our ears to hear this message. And I pray that you divinely choose our rooftop friends for us to help us get through this thing called life. It's a beautiful life, but it's also a crazy life. We cannot do it alone. We need you and we need others. I pray it in your name, Jesus. And everyone said... Yeah, that sounds good. So this message is, like I say, simple but profound. The message is simply that we need each other to live a full life. And that's what our big idea is today. We need rooftop friends. We need people who are willing to climb a house, to rip the roof off, and drop us at the feet of Jesus. That's the type of friends that we need. Now, why is this important in our daily lives? Because we were created for relationship. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, it, it says this. It says, it is not good for a man, a woman, a person to be alone. We were created for relationship. In fact, God created us uh, with two needs. And this is what they are. A need for him and a need for them. A need for others. Listen to what Billy Graham says here. To have peace with God and to have the peace of God is not enough. This vertical relationship must have a horizontal outworking or, listen to this, our faith is in vain. Jesus said that we were to love the Lord with our hearts and our neighbors as ourselves. This dual love for God and others, listen to this, it's like a positive and a negative poles of a battery. Unless both connections are made, we have no power. Wow. That's a, that's, a, that's a truth that we need to really let sink down into us. And we can sum it up by saying this. You cannot, I cannot do life on our own. We cannot live on our own. This is why one of our core values at Thrive Church is small groups. And we say this kind of like a tagline. Life is better when life is better done, not alone. Now that may sound cheesy when you just kind of hear it without any thought behind it. But let me tell you what we're trying to really share with you guys is that we cannot live in this crazy world without having rooftop friends to help guide us along. That's the truth of the matter. And that's why we have a core value. One of our core values is small groups. Why? We want you to get plugged in to a person, a rooftop friend that's going to be there with you like those four friends were there for me. It changed my life, man. It set me on the path that God had for me. And we want to connect you guys with your rooftop friends in this local body of Christ so God can mold you into that awesome life that he's created for you. That you won't do life alone. 
It's too hard to do life alone. I'm going to tell you uh, why small groups matter to me. I'm going to be completely transparent again. I, before coming to Thrive Church, I was at this mega church. And I used to promote small groups, but I never had gone to a small group. Yeah, you guys got to go to a small group, get plugged in, uh, and, and I would promote it. But I didn't know the value of a small group. And when I came to Thrive Church, uh, my wife, Tiffany, uh, who's really introverted, she came to me and she says, I want to go and try a small group out. And she's real shy. She's introverted. She asked me, will you come? Uh, will you go with me? Because I don't want to go by myself. So I thought to myself, well, yeah, I'll be your knight in shining armor. I got you, baby. I got you. I'll go with you to the small group. It'll be okay. You'll overcome your 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 shyness. And you know what happened? The small group that we went to was at Aaron Zirk's house and his wife Jennifer Zirk. Now they're the uh, assistant, he, he's the assistant campus pastor at our uh, Drive Church uh, Richmond City campus. Walked up into his house like I was going to bring everything that a person can offer to a small group environment. You know what I found out? I found out that I am great in big crowds, okay? That's my sweet spot. The bigger the crowd, uh, the more I'm, it's just my sweet spot. Well, I sat in a room, it was like eight of us, and I found out something. God revealed something to me. That I had insecurities that I never knew that I had. And God revealed those to me, and he says, this is what you need to work on. And I only found that out in a small group. I value small groups. Uh, I can't even put into words what small groups have done in my life. So I'm riding home that day after that small group. I'm like, Tiffany, this is my wife. Let me, let me just share with you what God has revealed to me in the small group. I've got insecurities. And she looked at me and she said, oh, okay. Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> and she's like, I got, I got a list for you. I'll just name off the top five. So you know what? She was bringing me to the small group. I thought I was going to be her knight in shiny armor. And really, she had planned that thing out for me. (laughs) Funny how God works, right? Amazing, amazing. So imagine a world, if we live this big idea that we're talking about today. What if we started actually applying this in our everyday life? This is what it would look like if... We had rooftop friends and we leaned on them. Are y'all ready to see what this would look like? There would be less gossip and backstabbing. Ooh. We just finished a series called Necessary Sins. If we had close rooftop friends, guess what? There would be less gossip and less backstabbing. We wouldn't have to spend our time removing knives out of the back of the people that we proclaim that we love as brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, can I say that in here? Can I say that? Why? There would be less gossip and backstabbing because we would actually be more concerned with loving and serving others rather than tearing each other apart to make ourselves look and feel better. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know about you, but that kind of hurt me. That kind of hurt me. Are you ready for this? There would be less anger. 
Less anger, this is what less anger will do. It will create more intimacy in our relationship with God, which cultivates an atmosphere of forgiveness. Forgiveness of ourselves and forgiveness for others. Let me just throw this in. This is a gold nugget. It's for free. It's absolutely no charge. There's people in the house today. You need to allow God to empower you to forgive yourself for that thing. I don't know what it is, but you and God, you do. You know what it is. Today is your day to allow God to empower you to forgive yourself. Okay, that's for somebody. And today is the day that you need to not walk out of here without you forgiving that person that you need to forgive. Today's the day. Go and get it. Go and get it. There would be a deeper sense of community if we had rooftop friends. A deeper sense of community. We would be more focused again on helping one another and serving one another. We could live Acts chapter 2 lives. Remember in Acts chapter 2 where Christians would give up their belongings to meet the needs of others? They would sell their belongings to help other people. Man, that's love in action right there. Now, I believe all these things are possible. My hope and my prayer for this message is that we would all pause in our chaotic schedule lives to find our rooftop friends. That's my prayer. Now, here's the question. How do we find our rooftop friends? Here's the the deal. First, we must be on the offense. We must be proactive and we must search out our rooftop friends. Look, I wasn't proactive. I wasn't searching out rooftop friends, but praise God, God put it in my wife's heart to lead me along to do that for me, man. You know how thankful I am about that? You know what? The scripture in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 24, I need your help on this. The scripture says that a person who has friends must show themselves. Let's do that again. Y'all sounded so good. A person that has friends must show himself or herself. Amen. Now what qualities? What qualities should you look for in rooftop friends? Look, it's so simple but life changing. Look for people who care about you. Look for people who love you. Not the ones that hurt you. And as I say that, you know the friends that are hurting you. Look for the ones that love and care for you. Now these are specific people that only you could allow in your life. And here's a gold nugget. You have as much drama in your life as you allow. You hear that? Let me say that again. That's so good. I got to repeat that another time. You allow as much drama in your life as you want. Okay? You control that. Okay? Now, this may mean, if you don't want that drama in your life, this may mean you, you may need to change who you spend time with. And here's another gold nugget for you. Free of charge. <laughs> you will not be able to change the way your friends act. And here's the deal. That's not your job. That's God's job, okay? All right? You, you can't change how your friends act, but let me tell you something. You can train, you can change who your friends are. Now, we all have a lot of people in our lives we share life with. People at our work. People at our home. Our family. 
people that we uh, uh, engage with in, in hobbies, people at the gym. Uh, these are all people that if we're proactive and we look for as rooftop friends, these are all people that we could look towards, okay? And this is what you look for in a rooftop friend. Are y'all ready? Grab your message notes. Number one, the first quality is willing to go above the norm. And if you would write that in your message notes, please. In verses 18 and 19, these guys decided to climb the house and take the roof apart instead of just saying, oh well, maybe next time. That's what I love about the scriptures. This man's four friends said, you know what? We're going to climb a house, take the roof off. We're not going to wait. We're going to make sure our friends' needs are met. And they're going to do whatever they needed to do to make that happen. Your rooftop friends are the people, your friends that are willing to serve you at times when you need it and at times when you don't need it. I'll tell you a personal story of a rooftop friend. This is the greatest example. There's no close second in my book. I met my wife, Tiffany. Before she was my wife, she was a friend. And she had to overcome some fears to get to know me, to become more intimate with me. My wife dated this guy from high school into her college years. And she loved this guy, loved him, was planning on marrying him, okay? And through a, an accident, he accidentally shot himself in the head, basically died in her arms. And when she met me, she told me she had this fear of getting close to anyone. And I'm talking about when we first uh, spend time together, if I left her presence for more than a couple minutes, she literally felt like that I wasn't going to come back. You want to talk about some fears and overcoming some fears. And you know what? She saw something in me that she would give me more of her time. She would spend time with me. She would watch movies with me. She would sit next to me and she would talk to me. And you know what? She risked everything. All her fears, her greatest fear was losing someone that she would grow close to. And do you know that she risked all of that for this little five foot three dude? Isn't that amazing? That's the greatest example I've ever known in my life. And because she was a rooftop friend to me, I wanted to be a rooftop friend to her. And through that, we developed an intimacy. We put God first, and then we put each other next. And through that, she became my wife. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Come on now. I testify to that all day long. The greatest example of going above and beyond that I've ever known in my life. Look, rooftop friends not only help with day-to-day things, they care for you so much, they're willing to sacrifice the time and resources to empower your life, to build you up, to be what God created you to be. The second quality is they challenge you to be more. They challenge you to be more. They love you for who you are, but they challenge you to become more than you are. The friends in the scripture knew their friend was paralyzed. Listen to this. But they knew that Jesus could heal him. They 
They wanted him to be more, so they took him to the feet of Jesus. We need rooftop friends who would challenge us, watch this, out of complacency and into consistency. They challenge you because they want you to be all that God created you to be. When they notice, listen to this, when they notice that you are watching more Netflix movies than spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer, you know what they do? They call you out on it. They call you out on it. Hey, I know you've watched every movie in the Netflix catalog. When's the last time you prayed and read your Word? They lovingly redirect you to stay on that narrow path that we're created to walk on. They're willing to ask you the hard questions. Now, we don't like the hard questions, can I be honest? But your rooftop friends are willing to ask you the hard questions. Hey, is your marriage on the ropes? How is your walk with God? How is your walk with your spiritual life? When was the last time you took a drink? Uh-oh, talking about drinking alcohol, yeah. Yeah, those that have a problem with it. When was the last time you visited a pornographic web- website? Yeah, real questions like that. Is your work schedule killing your family life? They ask the hard questions because they love you. They want you to be who God created you to be. And that means more than that facade that we put on that's in front of them. Can I get amen? Amen. A person in my life, Russell Staten, he challenges me to be more than I am to be more of who God created me to be. I love this guy. He says the same thing every time I see him. He says, hey, hey, Mark, he, he, he was in law enforcement for like 35 years, homicide detective. He says the same thing to me every time I see him. Hey, hey man, how you doing? Uh, you allowing God uh, to work in your life? Hey, you got to realize something. There's not one thing that you've ever learned that you didn't learn from someone else. He says the same thing every single time. But he speaks into my life. And when I'm willing to listen to him, I hear the same thing all the time. But I hear it in a different way. Because I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. And I want God to use that man to sow into my life. Third quality. And you write this in your message notes. They know... They don't have all the questions. It's not a fact that they don't have all the answers, but they themselves know that they don't have all the answers. This is a tangible sign that they know they can't help you, but they have to go outside themselves to get you the help you need because they love you. Look, they may need to check you in to rehab if you got to addiction problem. They love you enough not to judge you and talk bad about you, but take you and actually get you some help. Maybe if you're having marriage problems, maybe they love you enough to where they point the way to you and say, hey guys, here's an awesome marriage counselor. Seek them for help. I want healing for your marriage. Your rooftop friends love you with a genuine love pointing you to the truth which is only found in Jesus Christ. Now these guys knew, this is what another thing I love about the scripture. These guys knew that they were unable to help their friend, but they knew who could help Jesus. In conclusion, let's read our scriptures here in Luke chapter 5 verses 20 through 28 starting in verse 20. 
Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so they asked him, Why do you question this in your heart? It is easier, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe as they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. In verse 28, I love this. So Levi got up, he left everything, and followed him. You see, Jesus is the one who completed the story. He forgives sins and brings healing. Our relationships are fulfilled when we focus on them built around Jesus. Our rooftop friends are willing to go above the norm challenge us and point us in the right direction. The guys here in these scriptures, they took their friend to the one and the only answer, the way, the truth. They took their friend to Jesus. Someone who pointed me to Jesus when I needed Jesus the most was a friend of mine named BK. He prayed with me. He shared the scriptures with me. He would tell me what my next step uh, that Jesus wanted me to take as a new believer. And I want to be that friend to you today. I want to point you to that next step in your relationship with God. What I want to do right now... I want to pray. As we close today, I want to pray for every single person in here. Father, I just come to you. God, I pray that your will be done in every life in this place today. I pray, God, that you will divinely connect us with rooftop friends, God, that we could do life together with. Those who will love and care for us. Those who will carry us when we don't have the power to walk on our own, God. And are willing to literally drop us at the feet of the answer to every single conflict and problem. That's you, Jesus. I pray that you would divinely connect us, that we would be proactive, that we would search out those rooftop friends.